0: hello and welcome to the tip of the iceberg podcast i'm ashley nickel with the packer and png and today we've got a couple different conversations for you the first is between our editor-in-chief tom karst and lewis Damaso, sustainability and operations analyst for Lipman family farms in immokalee florida so the Packer's been doing a lot of reporting lately on sustainability initiatives by companies around the produce industry. And so Tom spoke the other day with Lewis about Littman's work in sustainability and what drivers have played a role in their different programs in that area. The other conversation you'll hear is from our latest episode of Packer Insight. So it'll be Tom, myself, and our Northeast editor, Amy Souter discussing some of the big recent topics from USDA's, the emergency food assistance program to PLU stickers and how PMA has had to kind of step up to uh, educate legislators about their importance as people get again, concerned about the amount of plastic that's involved. Um, And then Amy talks a little bit about Peruvian avocados and the season for those, um, the work she's done for a, a special section focusing on, on that commodity. So, Without further ado, we'll turn you over to Tom and Louis talking about litman's Sustainability Initiatives.
1: This is Tom Kars, editor of the Packer, and I'm here this afternoon with Louis Damaso, uh, who is Litman's uh, Sustainability and Operations Analyst, Litman Farms. Uh, it's good to see you, Louis. Uh, good to have you on today to talk about sustainability. Yeah, it's great to be on. Thanks, Tom. I know you guys are very active with this sustainability issue and, and in recent uh, news, uh, packaging. And so I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, tell, tell me some of the recent things you've done with packaging as it relates, excuse me, sustainability.
2: Yeah, well, we re- we recently released our um, compostable packaging for our grown true grape tomato uh, line. And that's really the start of a larger sustainable packaging uh, pilot program internally that we're starting to try to develop to be- develop our expertise in this area and better understand the challenges that we face in uh, implementing these types of packages for our customers.
1: When you look at packaging, it's not it's not necessarily just a one, make one decision and it's all over with because you've got to look at how equipment works with the packaging, right? And there's so many different considerations uh, from how it treats the product to, you know, to what it means in terms of packing efficiency. Uh, How do you as an organization go go through that all and kind of process that and make a decision? How do do you go through that process?
2: Yeah, well, the first and foremost, um, what what we define sustainable packaging as is by looking at those materials that are involved in the packaging. So incorporating compostable, recyclable or post-consumer recycled materials whenever possible. Um, That's our, That's our first priority. And like you mentioned, um, a lot of the work that we're doing right now is to look into some of those other challenges that we face in implementing those kind of packages and overcome them. So uh, one of them being the uh, material itself and how that contributes to packing logistics, because oftentimes a more uh, traditional plastic type package is very uniform in shape and dimensions. So it's um, very easy to, or it's easier to automate and uh, you can run and pack faster with it. So in implementing more natural materials, um, there's challenges to be overcome when it comes to the speed at which you can pack, which of course comes back around to cost and um, efficiency and stuff like that. Um, the materials themselves can cost more, which can translate to um, a higher packaging price for consumers and for us. So, you know, figuring out those supply chains there to be able to offer a cost competitive solution is also important. And then the durability of the product as well, mm. or the durability, the durability of the packaging, because, Of course, our products wind up going through uh, severe temperature changes and humidity changes. And when they're in their refrigerated truck or going into a humid uh, region of the states, you know, they need to be able to hold up and protect the fruit. Otherwise, you wind up with food waste. So trying to find a package that um, is durable enough to protect the fruit and get to the customer, but natural enough to break down after it gets to the customer is the goal. And that's a very fine balance to strike.
1: Wow. Yeah. And there's got to be enthusiasm, both from your perspective, as wanting to do uh, a good job with the sustainability, whether it be you know, recyclable, compostable, and also from the customer. They're, they're equally interested in these type of uh, progressions, I guess, you can make with packaging. Um, describe what you're hearing from customers about, about packaging.
2: Yeah, consumers are really driving the sustainable packaging trend. And... Um and our customers are looking for ways to be able to satisfy that demand. So, um, you know, consumers are looking for the products they buy to be uh, easily accessible and uh, to be able to tell which ones are most sustainable. So Mm -hmm. there's a component of labeling and making sure that the consumer understands what types of materials are involved with the packaging. That's important. Um, And also just making sure that the, um, that the materials work for the
1: Mm -hmm. chain. Right, right. When you talk about uh, the talk about a little bit about your history with Lipman, how long have you been part of the organization, and and what I know your your heart has been in, involved with this issue, and of course your job description as well that makes it makes a difference. But uh, what what have you done since you've been at Lipman relating to packaging already, and where's the opportunity for future progress and growth in that area? What, describe kind of the journey that you've been on.
2: Yeah, I've been with Lippman for about three years now. Involved with all kinds of operations, improvements, and efficiency projects. Um, That's been part of the deal is looking at um, ways we can implement technology and use data to become more efficient and become more effective. So there's a large component of that that plays into our goals with sustainability. We're really Mm -hmm. trying to be a, uh, we're trying to develop systems to be a KPI-driven sustainability company. So um, that comes. Back to making sure that we're implementing sustainable concepts, but also backing that up with the um, systems necessary to collect data about the effects those are having and be able to tell our story in numbers. Because as I uh, mentioned with the packaging piece, uh, a lot of this is really consumers are really interested in learning about more about the products Mm -hmm. they buy. And they don't just want to hear any more um, anecdotes about what the company is doing, but they want to see quantifiable impacts and they want to see data that shows that. So that's one of the things that I'm working on and uh, exposed to a lot is trying to develop those kinds of systems for being able to tell that story in numbers.
1: It's a it's an interesting challenge because on one hand, you can't overwhelm necessarily consumers with a lot of data on a package necessarily. But for those in- consumers that are interested and in maybe you're going to dig deeper, you want to have that available for them. Uh, how do you how do you? Share the message, I guess, with consumers and your customers about what you're doing. And as you mentioned, the KPIs and kind of all the hard data that you've been uh, looking at.
2: Yeah, I think focusing on the results is important because the consumers, um, like you said, have a lot going on and trying to understand a lot of the practices that are involved with farming and which ones are beneficial, which ones aren't can be uh, complicated and time consuming, mm-hmm. but focusing on the results of those actions and the results of those uh, practices, uh, I think is the way to go. So instead of reporting on the different things that uh, you're doing to save water, just focusing on the water that's saved. And of course, mm-hmm. providing information and transparency about those practices so that for those uh, power consumers, I'll call them, who are interested yeah. in learning more, uh, they, they have that access. I think that's really key as well as the tr- transparency. Cause there will be the vast majority of people who might just look glance at something and make an assumption and, um, mm-hmm. and that'll be enough, but you, but without the ability for them to dig deeper and learn more, um, you lack credibility,
1: mm. you know, and, and finally, I guess, as you, as you think about packaging in the context of other sustainability things, uh, initiatives that you have you mentioned water, of course, uh, Describe the kind of the bigger picture of what Lippman Farms is doing relating to sustainability um, and kind of what projects you've got.
2: Yeah, well, packaging is definitely one that we're focused on, um, considering it's a very consumer facing piece and it's our way to connect with the customer. So we definitely want to make that a priority. And um, we've also heard from consumers that is a priority of theirs. So we're trying to align ourselves with them Um, in terms of some other initiatives that we're working on. One of them is food waste reduction. And, um, One way we're working on that is by participating in the recent stewardship index for specialty crops, uh, food waste metric pilot. So we'll be testing a uh, metric on our farms that will allow us to quantify the amount of fruit that's left behind on the field, whether and be able to divide out the fruit that could be marketable. So that would be waste that um, could have been harvested, but also fruit that wasn't wasn't uh, marketable, whether it's due to defects or stuff like that. So we can see um, start to get a handle on why things might be going on that could contribute to food waste. And another uh, waste reduction initiative we're working on is the repurposing of byproducts. So there's a lot of organic uh, materials that wind up being discarded at various parts of the supply chain, whether it be pieces of the fruit that were cut off in processing operations, like the tops of bell peppers or um, other pieces that aren't directly edible, or just off-grid products that are packing houses that are either not the right shape or size or spec for the customer. And so, uh, finding alternative markets for those, which can include anything from animal feed to um, nutrient extraction or uh, energy recovery and, and other consumer goods, finding uh, ways to turn those waste streams into valuable production streams for other industries is our goal as well. So we're doing some pilot projects there. Very
1: fascinating. It's uh, it's a lot of uh, a lot of projects and sounds like the, the whole company's committed to to these steps and that it, it takes all of management to, to buy into this, doesn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's really built into a lot of what we do with um, on our farming side with precision agriculture. Mm-hmm. It's a um, hot topic and really has been our focus for a long time in terms of just increasing our efficiency and trying to increase our yield. So mm-hmm. with that, um, there's there's water, there's water use reduction and fertilizer use reduction initiatives. Um, our drip irrigation technology is a big, um, is a big way that we can try to save water and nutrient applications that is, um, automatic, what it adjusts to weather in the region. So when there is more or less rainfall or hotter or drier days, um, it'll irrigate and apply fertilizer differently to ensure that we're only applying what the plants need. And, uh, uh, a lot of other
1: technology. Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed, you know, you mentioned earlier, you tune into the news about sustainability. And if there's one area maybe that you're really keen on learning more about relative to sustainability and kind of the, the various initiatives that are out there in the industry, what, what really piques your interest and what are you looking at in terms of, you know, areas of learning for you?
2: I think that really the, um, The space of data and machine learning, artificial intelligence and how it can contribute to better management decisions is um, really interesting to me personally, and also I think will be important in the industry moving forward. Um, Growers are starting to have, through the digitization of their systems, starting to have access to more and more data, and then taking this and turning um, turning it into actionable insights and business management decisions will be important, because if you can predict if you can make better predictions to understand what the plants need when they need it, how much mm-hmm. harvestable fruit you're going to need in general because of market mm-hmm. conditions, the times of year, and this and that, then you can fine tune all of your management practices to reduce waste of all sorts throughout the supply chain.
1: Very yes, that's a, that's an area of of real interest with the artificial intelligence and uh, yeah, <laughs> data. It's bigger than bigger than my mind, <laughs> but it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's it
2: could be it could be quite complicated, but it is something <laughs> okay. we're exploring, and uh, and yeah, we've been a, a partner of CropTrack, an uh, ag software company, for a long time, who's mm. been helping us implement digital workflows on our farms, yeah. and through that, um, we've collected a lot of data, and and we're getting to the point of really being able to put this to get put that information together to provide actionable insights. So, we're really exploring that frontier.
1: Excellent. Well, I'm sure our audience has enjoyed the hearing the latest from you guys and your insights. Uh, Great to hear your enthusiasm as well and your, your eagerness to, uh, to learn. That's, that's been great. So uh, Lewis, good to, good to visit with you today.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much, Tom.
1: I appreciate you having me on.
0: So that was Tom's conversation with Lewis. We'll take you now over to a discussion on TFAP, POU stickers, Peruvian avocados, and a little bit more. Guys, thanks so much for joining us today. And as usual, we'll hit on just a couple of the, the big topics in the news in produce. One of the ones that caught our attention uh, last week, Tom, you assigned this to me, was looking at um, PMA had actually sent a letter out to uh, uh, several members of Congress about the importance of PLU stickers for the produce industry on a retail level because apparently there have been different environmental groups who are like, hey, this is a lot of plastic on all these little tiny stickers across all these different bulk fruit and vegetables, like, you know, let's let's get rid of those. Like, why do we need those? They're not that important. And um, mm-hmm. PMA and you know some other produce industry organizations uh, worldwide, you know, raise the hand. Like, actually, they're super important. And you know, to get the ring at the register for especially organic items, you know, if you don't have some kind of PLU sticker, the other option is packaging. So you know, if right. your goal is to have less plastic the, the POU stickers they feel like are, you know, really important right now and kind of the the lesser of two evils, if you want to look at it that way. Um, they also said that those stickers, kind of the the combination of the the ink, the physical, you know, sticker itself and the adhesive, right now it's just the adhesive that's not compostable. So they're pretty sure that, you know, there will be a solution to have that at least be, you know, compostable where you can, you know, throw your your produce remnants, uh, you know, into the compost pile and have that work, you know, on a home level. So that was, uh, that was one thing of interest this last week. And then Tom, I know you wrote a little bit about uh, the USDA's TFAP program and you know, how, mm-hmm. how the industry felt about that compared to the Farmers to Families food box program.
1: Yes. You know, the, I think the industry really in, loved the Farmers to Families food box program and they, the TFAP is investing in some produce boxes and they're distributing to food banks and so on, but not at the scale of the farmers' and families food box program. So it's obviously less volume going there. And that was such a big help last year to account for the slack food service demand. So I think they're just kind of wistful about, boy, I wish we, we could continue to have that strong level of purchases all the time. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if um, the Fat program can be tweaked to maybe add even more funds to buy produce Uh, because I know it traditionally hasn't purchased all that much fresh produce, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, speaking to that, that sticker is, it's really interesting. I I love the picture you had on the, uh, on the cover of the Packer because the the one retailer showed all the stickers and uh, you mentioned some others return, turn, turn the fruit so it doesn't show. So it's interesting. It's an interesting issue, and I'm sure uh, different feelings about it among consumers. So it, it's a fascinating topic. So that was interesting. Do You guys, what do you do with your stickers? Do you take t- take them off with a knife, or just peel them off, or what do you do?
3: I am glad that. I actually would prefer markets to show this, to display it with the stickers showing if they have the country and state Mm,
1: mm -hmm.
3: on the information that's on that teeny, teeny little circle. um, I, I turn the produce around and look for the sticker uh, to decide which variety to get, because in the same pile, they could come from the U S or Chile or, you know, um, and, and that affects my buying decision. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just stick them, peel them off, and throw them in the trash. That's what you do, right? What else do you do with them?
0: Yeah, that's. Very-
1: <laughs> you, you could eat them, I guess. <laughs> I don't. I don't make a practice of it, but,
0: you know. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I have heard. I know that, um, Dole and and some others as well will do like um they'll do themes for their stickers, and so like the kids will like collect them. Like I think they have like the Disney princesses that they're doing or something. So. You know, depending on what suppliers do with it, you know, it could be kind of a fun, like, little family thing. But um, I'm I'm not in that specific uh, demographic of things right now. So, Amy, once Elliot starts paying attention to produce stickers, you'll have to have to let us know.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, he doesn't care yet, but I'm trying. So Soon uh-huh. I'll, have, I'll be able to uh, recycle or upcycle the stickers. Um,
1: maybe maybe you can find a Peruvian avocado sticker. Coming up, yeah. Uh,
3: Great <laughs> transition there, Tom.
1: Great transition. <laughs>
3: Bravo to that <Tom> Why <laughs> Funny you
0: should bring that up. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. So, Amy, you know, as, as Tom so so cleverly trans- transitioned us, uh, one of the seasonal spotlights that you have been working on is related to Peruvian avocados. Uh, what have been some of your takeaways reporting out that special section here recently?
3: Yeah, um, well, I'm learning that this is prime time for Peru's avocados, and there's only a, a little window where where Mexico is not the main importer uh, of our of our avocados, and uh, that's starting now in uh, late May and April through September. I mean, uh, late May through on. Uh, on the rest of the summer, this is Peru's time to shine with avocados in the US and their crops, their acreage has been growing year by year. And they were just allowed to start uh, exporting to the US 10 or between 10 and 11 years ago. So um, it's relatively recent. So they've just been planting more and more trees and uh, their fruit is a little bigger, they said because their trees are younger, um, so that's one distinguishing characteristic, but, uh, yeah, they're the, um, avocados from Peru or Peruvian, um, avocado commission is really innovative with, with their marketing and their promotions. And, uh, they're going to do the, um, uh, winter there, no, the, uh, the summer Olympics in Tokyo, they're going to, uh, do avocado commercials on, NBC and Telemundo Telemundo and, uh, in 20 different markets and they're pairing with retailers of those markets. So, um, that they're going to get it really geographically makes sense. And, um, that's kind of one of the first, uh, fresh produce commodities to, to do this kind of promotion with the Olympics. Um, that's a big deal. And then, um, there's organic aspect there, The um, normally um, the, the growers or the exporters and importers have to pay an assessment uh, to be part of the promotions. And uh, the ones that do organic are allowed to get rebates for that assessment or refunds. And for the first time they're saying no to the rebates or refunds so that they can promote organic Peruvian avocados specifically, because normally that's not promoted um, that specifically. So that's a growing and thing that's happening. And there's a push for speaking of PLU stickers with little uh, what's on that tiny piece of real estate. Um, they are, are focusing more on putting uh, avocado tips on the band on mesh bags. So like, things that a lot of people don't know, like how to ripen an avocado, how to pick an avocado correctly, all that stuff. Um, And uh, yeah, they've got a lot going on, but it's, uh, it's flowing in and uh, it's here through September.
0: Very cool. Yeah. There's all kinds of, there's all kinds of fun stuff happening. We're uh, just about into the the summer months here talking about melons and berries and grapes and, still improved all kinds of fun stuff so it's a it's a good
3: time in the produce department (laughs) that's
1: right cherries Uh, love those cherries
3: (laughs) yes like a week or two ago bought a bag myself
0: all right that wraps us up for this week thank you as always for listening and we'll see you next time on our tip of the iceberg podcast